Introducing the new way to play daily fantasy sports with Jack Market. Jack Market is where daily fantasy sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for NBA and PGA, and NFL contests are coming in week one. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market in the App Store. Android coming soon. Talking Alvin Kamara trade rumors and Joe Mixon's contract extension on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 at The Athletic. I am Michael Beller. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, eight days from the start of the NFL season. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, I feel like it's deja vu all over again. 24 hours ago, we were sitting here talking about big news with one of the biggest fantasy football players there is, Alvin Kamara. And today we're going to talk about some big news with one of the fa- biggest fantasy football players there is, Alvin Kamara. How you doing? Doing well. Yeah, it does feel like deja vu. I'm just trying to make sense of this whole situation. You know, I don't know if we can adjust our plans yet, but I feel like we are closer to that point 24 hours uh, into, you know, where we're at now, right? Like it, it still doesn't seem real. It still seems like this could be some kind of public negotiation power move. And I still think these two sides need each other enough to the point where they're going to work this out. I'm with you too. So we'll get you caught up if you missed the uh, news on Tuesday. So first it came out that uh, Alvin Kamara, that the Saints were open to trading Alvin Kamara. This coming about 24 hours after uh, his uh, recent practice absences were chalked up to contract issues. Again, Alvin Kamara is set to make a little bit more than $2 million, which plenty of money for us regular folk, but nowhere near reflecting what Alvin Kamara is worth to this New Orleans Saints team. So uh, that happens first and then, I want to say not even an hour later, Kamara himself saying there's been no trade request, no trade demand from me or from my agent. I've been at the facility this entire week. Yes, we are trying to work out a new contract, but I haven't said anything along those lines. I'm with you, though, DVR. I still feel like this is uh, posturing because these two sides have way too much going for one another. This is way too much of a codependent relationship and too good of a codependent relationship for them, for either side. Twan out, right? The Saints are at what is likely the very end of a realistic Super Bowl window at the very end of Drew Brees' first ballot Hall of Fame career, and you just can't lose a guy like Alvin Kamara. On the flip side, Sean Payton in this offense uh, is so great for Alvin Kamara's skill set that while I think Alvin Kamara can thrive in a number of situations, basically anywhere in the NFL, I find it hard to believe that he would force his way out of what has been a great situation for him over the first three years of his career. So it just feels like a little bit of posturing on both sides. I still think a deal gets done. And if I am drafting tonight, which, hey, I actually am drafting tonight. I'm going to let it influence me. I'm not letting it influence me on how I feel about Alvin Kamara. I still want this guy on my teams. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I think, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, maybe you could knock him down one or two spots on your board if you're in a full PPR league and you want to take his teammate Michael Thomas over him. I'm not going to push back on that. Mm -hmm. If you think Dalvin Cook versus Kamara is a fair toss-up, Sure, you could take Cook now and avoid that little bit of risk. But until we get more details, if the situation takes another turn for the worse, 
I'll adjust again then. If I'm drafting right now, I think I'm handling it much like you are. I, I think it's interesting because he's been in the building every day. If you look at the reports, right. you know, I think Ian Rappaport from NFL Network had that nugget earlier today. Uh, Jeff Duncan and Cat uh, Terrell, who covered the Saints for the Athletic, have been all over the situation as well. And they still want to sign him to a long-term deal. It just sounds like he's looking for Derrick Henry money. Should they give him Derrick Henry money? I kind of think they should. I think he's a unique talent at the running back position because of the way they can use him and the way that they do choose to use him. I don't think it's necessarily a plug-and-play situation the way some other backfields might be. So I'm still optimistic they're going to work something out uh, between maybe now and the end of the week, and we're not going to be sweating this over the final weekend of drafts as we enter the season. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I would love to know what Drew Brees is uh, saying about this situation because you can bet that he is weighing in with the front office and what he thinks. This 41-year-old would probably love to end his career uh, with a Super Bowl win, and obviously if Alvin Kamara is not playing at all or is playing his football elsewhere, uh, the Saints' Super Bowl chances, I think, would take a pretty sizable hit. So we're still betting that this ends up working out and that Kamara, the Saints, have a happy marriage for years to come. Let's check in on some other news from Tuesday's practices. DeAndre Hopkins missed another practice, was dealing with a hamstring injury a little earlier in the summer, uh, in mid-August, had returned to practice. The fact that he missed another practice after seemingly putting that injury behind him uh, is a little concerning. Cardinals didn't say it was the hamstring, just say that he missed practice. So something to keep an eye on as you head into your last drafts here. Brashad Perriman still dealing with the swollen knee. He has now been out of practice for more than a week. To me, that relegates him to late round flyer or nothing. And more likely than not, I am just waiting and seeing what we get out of him early in the season before he is on my fantasy radar. Carson Wentz has been dealing with a lower body injury for the Eagles, but Doug Peterson saying nothing major. He's going to be out there for us in week one. So uh, really nothing to concern yourself about too much there with Carson Wentz. Joe Mixon on the other side of things from Alvin Kamara, another guy who was potentially ready to hold out. Not going to happen anymore. Joe Mixon signed a four-year, $48 million extension with the Bengals on Tuesday. So all good there. He will be in Cincinnati, or at least is tied to Cincinnati for the next five years. With the fact that we know Mixon is going to be out there for the Bengals week one, where does he land on your board as of this very moment, DVR? He's an easy like late first rounder, early second rounder for me. I mean, I think the usage was very favorable. Gio Bernard is not the back that he was when he entered the league. So I see Mixon as a true workhorse, a legitimate three-down back. I like what the Bengals were doing in the running game down the stretch last season, leaning more heavily on Mixon with that workload. And this is an offense that I think we both believe in, you know, with Joe Burrow at the helm. Uh, with the changes they've had on the coaching staff in recent years, this is a completely different look in Cincinnati. They brought back Tyler Boyd. They should have a healthy A.J. Green. So the offense should be in a good position more often than it was pretty much at any point during Joe Mixon's career thus far. So I could see Mixon being a lot more reliable in the touchdown department. I think the volume's going to be there week to week. And I think he's a good player. I think he's a legitimate top 10 running back uh, regardless. And this extension just makes me uh, more confident that he's a big part of this plan going forward. Yeah, you referenced uh, the way that he played down the stretch last season from the second half on, and uh, we've had uh, plenty of coverage on our site from Jay Morrison and Paul Daner Jr. about the way that the Bengals changed their approach in the run game uh, right at about the halfway point of the season last year. And from that point forward, 
Only run one running back outscored uh, uh, Joe Mixon, and his name is Derrick Henry. He had himself a pretty darn good season, led the NFL in rushing. So uh, Joe Mixon was right there, almost step for step with uh, with Derrick Henry and ahead of everyone else from that point forward. Have to believe that with this commitment to Joe Mixon, with Joe Burrow now at the helm, that Joe Mixon could be uh, in for a big year for me. Obviously, uh, you know, we've got the big three of Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Delvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, taking all five of those guys over him. I'm taking Derrick Henry over him as well as my RB6. And then I think Mixon comes in next. I had Miles Sanders ahead of him, but with Miles Sanders dealing with that nagging injury, I think I would take Mixon over Miles Sanders at this point, and I would also take uh, Mixon over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So that would make you know Joe Mixon my RB seven, and that's higher than I've been in him at any point. But uh, this this certainty of his uh, of his standing in Cincinnati makes me feel a lot better about him going into the start of the season. Yeah, and I think if Miles Sanders were totally healthy right now, I would take Sanders over Mixon. But I agree with you as far as how that. Uh, back of the top 10 shapes up definitely like that entire group more than Kenyon Drake and more than Austin Eckler it's kind of weird I feel like I agree more than usual with how the early ADP has played out at the running back position DVR fantasy football draft season is upon us we know that we're talking about it right here our partners at Manscaped they've partnered with us it's what partners do they partner together to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football the lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology your nicks and snags will be reduced lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof it's got an LED light it's a total game changer right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code VAthletic20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code the Athletic Twenty. We will wrap up this episode of Fantasy Football in Fifteen right after this. All right, DVR. AJ Brown got in some stretching work on Tuesday. Titans still not saying what this injury is, but good to see him back on the field in at least some capacity. Chris Herndon uh, leaving practice yet again with an injury. Uh, Jets are calling it chest tightness, saying. Nothing major, nothing to be concerned about. We've heard that before with Chris Herndon, so this is something that we will definitely be watching closely over the next week or so. Golden Tate, uh, Giants now calling him day-to-day with a lower body injury, which actually sounds like a little bit of an upgrade. So treat Golden Tate the same way that you've been treating him all summer in any upcoming drafts or auctions. Our Jeff Howe, our Patriots beat reporter, reporting that Lamar Miller is on the cut line for the Patriots at the same time. Damian Harris has now missed back-to-back practices excuse me so just more intrigue in what I still stubbornly perhaps but still believe is going to be a low value backfield for the fantasy football world Tyrell Williams is someone we've talked about quite a bit DVR he's been dealing with a torn labrum Uh, last or most of the time that we've talked about him we have talked about the fact that he was planning on playing through it maybe was going to miss a couple of games early in the season but was still going to be out there for the Raiders eventually that is no longer the case Tyrell Williams is now out for the year because of this shoulder injury how do we think this affects Henry Ruggs Darren Waller and perhaps most notably Brian Edwards well, the first thing, anytime an offense loses a regular piece of the rotation at wide receiver or tight end, I just look at the target volume, and I see down the stretch last year, Tyrell Williams was really more of a three to four target per game sort of guy. That was when Hunter Renfro was heavily targeted, Darren Waller was getting pretty good volume week in and week out. So it's not a massive bump for anybody, but then you start taking 
into consideration the types of targets that Tyrell Williams gets. And I think he is one of those guys that does get some shots downfield. That, to me, kind of becomes Henry Ruggs' function. So maybe it's a slight bump for Ruggs and a little bit of a floor increase for Darren Waller. Uh, ultimately, I don't know if it moves the needle enough for me to significantly change my valuation of any of those pass catchers. I think Darren Waller's a guy that I like a little bit more than most because I don't really see how they would take targets away from him after what he did last season. So this absence for Williams, I think, only increases the likelihood of a Darren Waller volume repeat. And even if Darren Waller's efficiency drops, I think he could make up some of that difference just by you know not having as many touchdowns vultured by Foster Moreau this season. Yeah, I've always been in on Waller, and I think I am too. But this just, for me, if it does anything, it reinforces how much I like Henry Ruggs. And I think Brian Edwards should be on our radar as a late-round flyer. I think at this point, in all but the shallowest of leagues, Brian Edwards should be someone who is drafted across the board, wide receiver 60, wide receiver 65. It could be as late as that, but in most leagues, you're going to see 60 receivers drafted, and I think Brian Edwards should be among them. But if you look at Henry Ruggs' ADP, and this is since the middle of August. You've got guys around him, including his uh, college teammate, Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, McCole Hardman, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Antonio Gibson, who you know, is really a running back, but uh, still in that same range. Um, the, uh, Preston Williams. All those guys have one thing in common uh, that they do not share with Henry Ruggs, and it is that they are incredibly unlikely to be the number one receiver on their own team. Henry Ruggs is almost certainly going to be the number one receiver on his own team. You are getting a real-life wide receiver one, and this is sort of like the ace discussion in baseball, right? Just because he's the top receiver on his team, does that make him a number one receiver? It's not exactly the same because he's still going to get those targets for this Raiders team. You're getting him alongside guys who could be, you know, the number four, number five pass catchers on their own team. So I absolutely love Henry Ruggs at his ADP. I imagine it's going to climb a little bit. I'm still willing to pay uh, above that ADP that we're seeing for him because he just seems like he is set for massive opportunity in his rookie season. A couple of quick things that we can get through here before we wrap it up. Let's wrap it up on a positive note, right, DVR? You said uh, like a week ago that we should have like a little happy song play, a little happy (laughs) music chime when we talk about these guys returning to practice from injury. We got to find that because that's how I love ending these episodes. That's what we're going to do right here. Uh, Devontae Parker still dealing with an undisclosed injury, but Brian Flores says, no doubt about it, he's going to be out there for week one. So that is very good news. Zach Moss has been dealing with a neck injury. He returned to contact drills in practice on Tuesday. So good news for Zach Moss. And J.K. Dobbins, according to John Harbaugh himself, set for a big role in the Ravens offense in week one. Not in week eight, not in week 10, in week one. So check on those J.K. Dobbins shares. They could be paying off earlier than you expected. That's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a ton of football shows coming to you with the start of the season just eight days away. One of those big ones, our new athletic football show with Robert Mays. We're going to have some fantasy flavor on that show every single Friday. That starts this Friday, September 4th, and carries all the way through the end of the season. Also, Robert Mays will have a rotating cast of NFL guests on the show every Monday. Wednesday and Thursday. So go ahead. You can subscribe to that now wherever you listen to your podcast, The Athletic Football Show. For DVR, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and happy drafting. 